Thanks hey, for guys, everybody, go ahead and get started here. Uh, Shannon, how you doing? Today. We're welcoming oh, on board a brand oh, man, I'm doing good. I, uh, I've been looking forward to talking to you because uh, our, our short conversation we had when we were scheduling the podcast recording, um, you had just told me about your new buggy, and uh, I am really impressed. Scarf looking buggy. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, but before we get there, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, kind of go down that spin for me. Well, we are uh, based out of southern Indiana, a uh, little town called Linville. Um, I'm about 30 minutes uh, from Evansville, Indiana, which is the nearest to the big city. Um, my husband and my dad uh, fired by the bike builder by trade. Obviously, we are pretty heavy off road enthusiasts. Yeah, well, first off, thanks for being a firefighter. I know uh, that, that definitely never needs to be glossed over, so we appreciate all you're doing there. Um, but you said you're you're a bike builder. Uh, you reference some buggies. You reference an actual motorcycle bike. No, we uh, we actually am uh, with a company called Dino Baggers. It's uh, myself and uh, one other gentleman who is the owner of the company. Um, we build. Uh, we specialize in uh, the Harley Davidson baggers, as we call them, which would be the, the big touring chassis. Um, you know, back in the day, would be uh, your typical pathball bike. Um, we found a way to, to put some cool spins on these bikes. Uh, we're doing big front wheels, stretch, you know, custom body work, big stereos, big turbo motors. Um, you know, we've been, been really fortunate. Uh, we've covered multiple national magazines and, and countless centerfolds of national magazines with uh, a lot of the bikes we built. That's really neat. I'm, at, I'm, I'm looking on your Facebook. Everybody knows I kind of sift through your Facebook as we're talking. Um, you got some pictures of bikes up there, and they're sharp, and they definitely are nothing short of custom. Um, I actually spent some time yeah, talking they're, uh, about you know, we, it's, uh, it's a little intimidating at times. You know, we take really a, a lot of times a brand new $30,000 street glide, road glide, or whatever it may be, and rip it down to bare chassis, cut the chassis up, make it custom, and start from scratch, really. That's awesome. So you said you're based out of Indiana. One thing I want to ask, just as we get started, do you think that because you're in Indiana, I mean, is racing in the National Rock Racing Series, is that tough for you? You find yourself, I mean, uh, obviously, you got a little bit of a commute with basically everything. They do an excellent yeah, job you know, regardless of where you live, there's, uh, there's nothing easy uh, about racing podcasts, this Southern Rock um, Racing, National Rock Racing Association series. Uh, um, they have you know, the, just the trials and tribulations are just endless. Um, you know, you take travel out of the equation. It's just you know, keeping these cars together, uh, keeping your sanity through the week, you know, keeping food on the table. You know, can even be a struggle sometimes. Yeah, man, trust me. As someone who who doesn't race but had a buggy and, and has had razors and jeeps and all that uh, it'll it'll take everything you've got if you let it <laughs> without a doubt yeah but uh so talk to us about how you got into um, off-road racing how did you where'd you start what what vehicle did you start in uh talk to us about that you know it's it's a real long Con out story um, how we got here, but the rock lights are great. I I, you know, I grew up in the poorest county in the state. And um, great things you know, to say uh, about the customer service. Basically, a school that you, you knew um, you were gonna you were gonna get out of the county, or, really or you're cool gonna go work in a factory. 
you know, so it's, we, we watch YouTube videos, you know, we'd sneak off to the library and watch YouTube videos of, of Bobby and then, you know, back when they were riding Butterball, and, you know, those guys were my, my heroes, you know, that was, that was my sports hero as a kid, I didn't watch football or basketball, you know, so those, those were aspirations I had, you know, pretty early in life, but they never seemed obtainable, you know, I went through a lot of years of riding dirt bikes, motocross, sport bikes, you know, drag racing, we went through the whole Make sure motorsports industry really and it all always seemed to go back to I, I always had some form of off-road vehicle whether it be a dirt bike that we, we ride trails on or a four-wheeler uh, um, you know uh, we went through the, the Volkswagen phase we were big into rail buggies you know trying to do crazy stuff in a two-wheel drive car yeah I've seen those guys those guys are nuts man you know eventually it evolved into you know I guess my career focus shifted a little bit, and now really I went really on to, to own my own business for, for me. Uh, quite a few Here years. Um, you know, managed to get to Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. We were ready to slow down, start a family, and we decided we needed a different hobby that didn't involve you know being out all night. And maybe drinking as much as we were, so we got into the razor scene for quite a while. Um, that that lasted a few years, um, you know. And we we eventually got rid of our motorcycles completely after uh, our little boy was born. Mm-hmm. Um, we we went to the off road expo in fifteen, I believe, it would have been the second year for for it in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, and AJ Spay had just built the Doozy buggy. Um, or had it built, I should say, over at Wide Open Designs. Yeah, yeah, man, they built a hell of a buggy. We were, we were walking around, you know, again, my wife is, uh, she is not from the off-road world at all. You mm-hmm. know, she she grew up on Lake Michigan, so it was, it's all just a bizarre concept for her at this time. Um, AJ actually drove by in that buggy, and, and she just noticed the sound of it, and she, you know, she said, wow, you know, that sounds really cool. I said, yeah, you know, that's, that's what a rock bouncer sounds like, you know, an open-header LS motor, they're loud. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we kept talking a little bit and she said, no, that's, you know, that's really cool. I think I could get into that. And I, so I stopped and I uh, just, I kind of clarified. I said, Hey, are, are you saying I can buy a rock bounce? <laughs> she says, yes. And, uh, three days later, uh, Hillbilly Deluxe was sitting in my driveway. Woo! Now who, who built Hillbilly Deluxe? That was a Jimmy Smith Motorsports chassis, um, originally built in 12, I believe. Okay. Um, and that was a build commissioned by Justin Toon. Uh, Justin raced that car for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in 14, it burnt down. Um, and Justin completely rebuilt the car. And, and I think uh, that was when he decided it was time to step back and focus on family and, and raising, raising the kiddos and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, Hillbilly Deluxe, when you got it, what, what kind of shape was it in? This thing was showroom. Ooh. Um, wow. you know, it, the car was absolutely flawless, fresh powder. Um, you know, it, everything was shined up. All the aluminum was shined up, no mm-hmm. mud stains. It was, uh, it's a pretty good looking car whenever it showed up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, uh, man, I'm. I don't even know where to start because that normally is not what I hear. I normally hear people getting ragged out machines and kind of having to build it up from the ground. Um, so you get Hillbilly Deluxe, and what do you do with it first? Do you guys just trail riding, or are you guys, do you immediately just jump into, I want to race it, I want to climb? 
So I bought the buggy in, it would have been June of 15. Mm-hmm. Um, or excuse me, it might have been, it, it was, yeah, June of 15. I'm sorry. Um, I took it to the local off-road park. We actually have a state-owned park about two miles from my house. Um, so we took it out there probably three or four times mm-hmm. and, you know, never ran more than a few gallons of gas through it, just, you know, crawling around. I really, yeah. really still had no concept of, of how to drive that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in September, I believe it was, we had a vacation planned to Florida and, uh, you know, another couple was going with us and their kids and, um, I caught on on Facebook that there was a uh, an event in Alabama, uh, or actually there was an event in Chattanooga, uh, South Pittsburgh. They had the shout out to AOP. Yes, AOP um, had the uh, knockout, the very first knockout race. Yeah, those are nasty. Um, so I started at this point. I really hadn't networked much in the the rock bouncer scene. Um, I started putting some feelers out and managed to secure a place to leave my buggy all week. Um, well, we went to Florida, so um, I decided, you know, hey, I'm going to give this a shot and, and go race, and then we'll drop the buggy off in Alabama, and we'll go on to Florida for vacation. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we actually ended up going and racing. Um, we we were the second group to run, um, and we got lined up against Brandon Davis. Uh, he was in Showtime 2 at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a nervous wreck. I, I didn't know what to expect. Um yeah, dude, that's a, that's a, first off, I mean, the knockout racing, for anybody who doesn't know, please go back, watch it, look at it, it's real neat, um, but it's not a joke, that's a scary one for your first one, and then to see Brandon Davis sitting on the other side of that line, I mean. Correct, so, so here we are, you know, I, I have no idea what I'm doing, I'm, I'm a nervous wreck, I'm claustrophobic, you know, with all the safety <laughs> equipment on, yeah. you can't move around, it's hot, you just don't know what to do. Um, you know, we, we sit there and, you know, we get lined up and, you know, I'm, I'm looking across at a, a buggy that, that has won national championships and, um, they drop the flag. We go, um, when I finally opened my eyes up, I realized, Hey, I got, I got the whole shot on, on this buggy. So yeah. we go ahead and jerk another gear. Um, Brandon actually, uh, the, the lanes kind of narrowed down at that point, Brandon had started to pull ahead of me and dropped mm-hmm. into the, the lane where they pulled together. Um, and I, I don't know if things were happening so fast, I didn't realize what was happening or, or if I just whiskey throttled it. But, uh, next thing I know, we're five foot in the air over the hood of Brandon's buggy, Woo! ripped a wheel and tire off, uh, oh ended up going out the top of the hill on, on three wheels and tires. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a way to get into the sport for sure. Um, so, so let, let me just ask you, you know, you're in the air and you're, you know, I mean, I've airborne before in my, my rig, but never on a race course like that, never with someone, you know, under me. What's that feel like? What's that What's that just like? How do you feel when you see that? What do you think when you come back down? And what do you think when you've got three wheels coming off the top of the hill? <laughs> it all happens so fast, you, you don't know what happened until it's done. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize anything was wrong until I finally came out the top of the hill and, and caught my breath and stop to look at the car um you know and then i realized hey we've we've broke some stuff and, yeah uh, it's it's a wild feeling man there's i really don't think there's any word in the english language to describe what goes on inside of the car yeah so something i want to actually roll back to while, while i'm thinking about it um you built a, a jeep is that correct a big old orange jeep uh, i did have a yeah 
I had a CJ7 with a uh, 4BT Cummins in it for, for a while there. So what's, you know, you, you went from the, the, the CJ7 to this buggy. What are the differences? How do you feel? Well, what's the driving difference? I mean, obviously, you know, you basically, yeah, <laughs> you went from a, four, you know, a, uh, I don't even know the right word. You went from a Jeep, and I think anyone can kind of sympathize with that. You went from a Jeep to a race car. So everything's different, but what are, what are the main differences that you noticed when you jumped in that buggy and you started driving it? Man, I, I don't think there's anything similar. Um, you know, we went from Leaf Springs, 37-inch tires, super low RPMs, a manual transmission, vertical seating position. Mm-hmm. Uh, just everything is different about, about a buggy. So let me ask you this. You mentioned vertical seating position. Uh, you know, for those who don't know... Uh, you're you're more laid back in the buggy, aren't you? In in Hillbilly Deluxe, yes, I was. So, what's the um, benefit of that? Uh, in the I guess you know 2010, 2012, that era, um, everybody was trying to get a low roof line and a high belly height. Um, so we, we were combating that by by reclining the seats quite a bit. Okay. Now, did uh, that uh, did that affect your drivability when you got in this thing at all? Because I mean, oh, without a doubt, you you can see nothing out of that car. Yeah, um, believe you know, it. it's even with a, a low shock hoop like the car had, it's still you set so low and so far back, and um, you know, just the pulling it onto a trailer, you know, you're looking at the stars, so you it, it's really hard <laughs> to learn that balance point of when when you're going to flip over and when you're not. Yeah, certainly so. Uh, but go ahead and jumping back in. So you're at AOP. Um, did you beat Brandon? I did not. Uh, Brandon (laughs) went ahead and finished the hill ahead of me. After we lost the tire, we we just had a hard time getting the car gathered up. It it was darting all over the place. Yeah, I would imagine uh, so. (laughs) Couldn't get a handle on it. Yeah. So you you have that experience. Um, you said you raced before you went down to Florida that week, correct? Correct. So you have this experience where you, where you blow a whole wheel and tire off your rig, um, you leave it in Alabama, you go to Florida, you know, are you thinking about, holy crap, I just destroyed my buggy uh, while yes. you're in Florida? What, yeah, what's was, going uh, through your mind? Um, unfortunately, I actually brought, um, so the car had race lines and stickies on it. I, I didn't know what to expect as far as terrain, so I brought a set of trail-worthy wheels with cut boggers with me, yeah. um, just in case we needed to swap them out. Um, so we, we left the car with Brad Macon. Um, I'm sure you know Brad owns the uh, Coldworks Equalizer buggy. Yep. Um, super great guys. You know, since then we've we've been great friends since uh, we met over that deal. Um, I left the car there, um, and and in the back of my mind all week, I'm like, you know, I just I destroyed a thousand dollar wheel and tire, yeah. and God knows what else is tore up that I don't know about yet. Yeah. I get a call about three days later, um, just sitting on the beach, fishing, having having a cold beer, and. Uh, Brad calls me, says, hey man, what's going on? And uh, turns out he had, uh, he had gone through the buggy, uh, changed wheels and tires, um, chased down an electrical issue, uh, all just because he got bored. Wow. Um, so, you know, we're, we're talking, this is Tuesday-ish, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever he calls and uh, says, hey man, your, your buggy's good to go. There's another race at uh, Chocolaca Mountain mm-hmm. next weekend. Why don't you catch that on the way back? So we uh, we finished vacation up, uh, grabbed the buggy, and and head on over to the uh, Arc Series at Chocolock Mountain. Wow, wow! So you come back and you, you hit that next race. Um, you know, obviously, you said you got in there, eyes closed, and just hammered it. When you when you lined up for that second race, what was different? How'd you prepare differently? Um, 
we, we had a late draw, um, so I was able to actually, you know, wake up that morning, sit back, and, and watch some other racers hit the hill, um, and develop a little more of a game plan of what I was going to do. Um, the first hill we hit was backside. I don't know if you're familiar with the hill or not. I've actually um, never been there. Okay, so you, you've got a pretty wide open, I'm going to say about a 50-yard wide swath at the bottom that starts to narrow down. Um, and there's really three really clear line choices. Um, you can take a slow line off to the left with, uh, you know, minimal obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, you could shoot up the middle, and there's a little bit of a rock ledge. Um, but when you hit that ledge, there's a, a patch of trees right in front of you, so mm-hmm. the landing is a little, you know, time-consuming. Yeah. Um, and off to the right is uh, about a 20-foot gap uh, from one rock face to the other. So we, we sit and watch, and only about two cars hit the gap on the right. Yeah. The whole time I'm telling myself, I'm going to go left, going to go left, going to go left. Um, you know, I'm going to take the slow, safe line, save this car for the second hill. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm new. I want to learn what I'm doing. So we finally get lined up, um, take off, and for whatever reason, I go right. Uh, just go right for the rock face. <laughs> I, just, um, I like the explanation of for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't explain what happened. I don't know. You know, in, the, in, in my mind, the whole time I'm going left, and yeah. you know, I end up going right. Um, so we hit the rock face, uh, let out a little too soon, bellied out, uh, got hung up, ended up backing off and, and taking another line mm-hmm. um, on the first heel. Um, so we went ahead and, and checked the car out. Everything looked good. Got ready for heel two, um, which was boat ramp. Um, really slick rock face. Yeah, I um, like really want to make it to boat ramp one day. Boat ramp's a really cool hill. Um, so I'm, I'm watching everyone else have, I mean, people are struggling on boat ramp. And, and in the back of my mind, I've got a set of cut boggers on the back, which are not not good for this hill. Yeah, definitely not ideal. Um, I watched, you know, probably 20 buggies hit it. And I, I think it was a 70 buggy field that day. It was, it was a pretty big group. Um, you know, just countless people hitting it in second, third gear, wide open, and, and just not getting anywhere. So uh, when we finally line up, I, I, I know I've got to hit this hit it with some sauce you know and uh we we come out I, I go ahead and throw the car up in high gear and stand in it and uh close my eyes and hope for the best <laughs> uh, i love that finally I, I feel the car hook up and and i open my eyes we're, we're across the top of boat ramp and, and coming out the top of the hill um i'm so excited i, I don't know what to do yeah and uh <laughs> i guess i missed the rock face there's a, a big rock cut out on the left side mm-hmm. i did not see it all um, hit the rock face, car went vertical. I mean, the skid plate was against a tree. I don't know how I didn't backflip it. Yeah. Uh, managed to save it back out of that and, and top the hill. Uh, ended up finishing for the day, you know, in the top half of the field. I, I think we were around thir- 28th or 30th wow. place yeah. out of, you know, 70 cars. That's amazing. That's amazing that there were that many people there to race, too. Um, that's. So that's amazing. So I'm seeing this pattern, though, of just uh, kind of close your eyes, stand in it, and hope for the best. And you're not the only person I've heard say that, especially here lately. Um, some of the hills that they've been kind of uh, they've been using to actual race on here lately, it seems like the hills are getting a lot harder for drivers. Um, they're picking line, not picking lines, but they're forcing drivers to hit harder obstacles. Um, is that something that you've noticed over the past year or so? Oh, without a doubt. Um, but, but the other side of that is we got we got to step back and really look at uh, 
how the technology of the race cars has changed. I completely agree. Um, you know, you're, you're talking hills that were tough, you know, five years ago. You, you can go out and call up them in first gear and yeah. never slip a tire now. Now, do you think that that's because people over, you know, over the last five years, um, everybody and their brother has come out in their rig and rutted them out or, you know, made it a little easier, this or that? Um, or do you really chalk it up to the ability of the car now is that much better? I mean, obviously, there's there are terrain changes, um, but those can be for the better or for the worse. You know, some hills get harder, some hills get a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's no denying you take a uh, you know you take some of these home built chassis with horrible four link geometry and a set mm-hmm. of swayaways and a junkyard six O that, that <laughs> people had you know five six years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and compare that to the you know thousand plus horsepower you know trailing arm cars that we have now with bypass shocks and 30 inches of wheel travel um you know and, and suspension geometry that's very carefully calculated um there, there's no denying that the, the technology and the cars are, are way better yeah absolutely so you have these you have these first two races you, you you finish pretty good at the second one um you go back home you know it sounds like you just caught the bug you know what do you do next when you go home and you're like i'm just ready to race yeah, you know, I had it in my mind, um, you know, we're, we're going to race, and, and I had that intention when I bought the car. I just didn't know at what capacity, you know, we would race. Um, in the back of my mind, I'm, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to run the ARC series. You know, it's it's a slower, you know, a little slower pace, a little easier heels, uh, you know, more, I would call it a beginner-friendly uh, series. You know, you're not going out and tearing your stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um so we, the, the knockout thing just, it was fun, man. It was a blast. I just, I knew at that time my wallet could handle that much carnage. Yeah, I get um, it. So, so at that time, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm going to run, run the arc series and, and run some bounty hills is, is what my game plan was. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two races I ran, I didn't run anything else until October. I went and ran Boo Bash. Yeah. Um, we were on. Now, what, what, what year is this? I don't this? know if you're familiar with that hill at all. Uh, what year are you? Are you? Is the Boobash race you're talking about? I believe that was still in fifteen. Okay, cool. Just trying to build a timeline here. Yes, uh, it's either fifteen or sixteen. Oh, okay, it's hard to keep track of time. No, that's all right. As long as we're in that ballpark, so I can kind of. We're still in the first that. first six months of owning the buggy. At okay, this point. and you said it was it was which hill? It was Bobby's hill. Uh, I'm actually not familiar with that one either, man. I, you're, you're stumping me. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty rough hill. Um, it claims a lot of parts. Yeah. So we, I think we drew fifth. Well, we had a pretty early run. Um, we had two runs at the same hill. Um, so I watched the first four car, four or five cars go, and, and nobody made it past, like, the second ledge of Bobby's Hill. Mm-hmm. So I line up again, you know, we're scared. I don't know what, what to expect. This is the first bounty hill I've run. You know, this is just tremendous compared to the two other race hills I've hit. Mm-hmm. Um we hit the hill, it took three or four hits on the, the bottom ledge, which I would say is about a 45-foot just dirt wall. Yeah. Um, and you start out in a creek bed, so you're, you're getting your tires wet, <laughs> slinging mud up on the hill. Yeah. Um, you know, when I finally finally topped the first ledge, I was like, okay, cool, I, I got this. Um, you know, grab a gear, hit the second ledge, one shot at it. I come onto the third ledge, and, and that's where everybody was, was flipping over backwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to paint a picture, you're you're looking at about a about a twelve foot just vertical rock wall. Ooh, um, man, nothing to grab traction. It's just a sh- straight up wall. Um, and you've only got about a about a fifteen foot landing between.
between the ledges. Mm-hmm. So you've got enough room for your car, but if, if you flip over and backflip, the nose of your buggy's hanging over the next ledge, and it's just going to be a domino effect all the way down to the bottom. Yeah, uh, I'm actually so, I'm actually looking at pictures of the hill now. I just got it on Google, and uh, that's rough. That's real rough. So we uh, we hit the third ledge, um, second or third lake. I finally got the car to bite and crawl on up it, um, and onto the fourth ledge, which is uh, another vertical rock wall that uh, at the time was probably 16 foot tall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's four foot taller than the buggy is long. Mm-hmm. Um, four or five lakes later, I finally aired it up, out, and, uh, hooked up, and, and away we went and come out the top of the hills. So we were the first one to, to climb that hill that day. Yeah. Um, there ended up only being about four of us to climb the hill um, that day. Mm. So you come out, and, you, and you, you get this competitive streak, and then you come out, and you really start having good success. Um, how does that feel to you as far as just, you know, does it give you inspiration that, you know, okay, I can actually do this, I can actually come out here and be competitive? Yeah, you know, to some extent. Um, you know, in the back of my mind, I've got to remember I'm, I'm doing this for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I'm competitive and I, I want to win, but, uh, you know, if I'm not having fun, I'm not winning, no yeah. matter what place I end up in. Um, so, you know, yeah, that, that gave me the confidence that, you know, hey, I, I can run with some of these guys. Um, so that was kind of a game changer and, and pointed me in the direction of, you know, let's let's run Southern Rock Racing. If we're going to run, let's run with the best. Let's push ourselves to be as good as we can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and and I think that that's the mentality you have to have to be competitive uh, in any facet, but especially in a league where guys are advancing the technology, advancing the rigs, and advancing the capabilities so quickly. Uh, you've got to be committed to that. Without um, a doubt. So, what's the next step for you? What's the next progression? sign up for the full season of southern rock racing um you know the, for the following year mm-hmm. um we took the winter off and you know spent some time just learning the car um unfortunately being in indiana we you know we have a few coal mine spoil banks but, but we really don't have the hills that it, it takes to to get the seat time we need yeah um so we we spent just spent some time learning the car driving the car we, we trail rode it a lot uh, had a ball it's, the car was really a hit. There's there's really nothing like that in my area, so it was really a hit with all the local Jeep clubs and, and you know, off-road clubs. And, um, and, you know, at the time, I was working in the, the razor industry. I, I was managing a uh, Polaris dealer. That's pretty cool. Um, so, so it was all, you know, it was a really big hit. Um, yeah. You know, it was a good networking tool more than anything. That's that's awesome, man. Uh, so as far as the, the race season goes, you know, you said you took the winter off. Um, you come back. Did what changes do you make in an off season, and what changes do you normally like? You know, like this. We just kicked up the race season again. Uh, what does an off season typically look like for you? Um, you know, the 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 first off season I had really there wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had made a bunch of changes throughout the race season. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up actually coming back and. Uh, not this past off season, but the off season before, um, we we ended up going to an SCS transfer case. Um, upgraded all my driveline stuff to fifteen fifty joints. Uh, went to RCBs, built a new motor, um, and did all that uh, in preparation for the shootout at KOH. Mm. Um, all well, that's going on. Um, we were actually building my wife's razor buggy. I don't know if you've seen the child's play buggy. Yeah, um, we're going we to talk about it here. Yeah, we're going to talk about it here in a minute. 
Um, so you're doing that. Uh, you know, do, do, do you think that the off season is the time to make big design changes and, and things like that? Uh, as far as like, you know, I know some of these guys, they'll go down and they'll tear their buggy down and they'll actually change part of the chassis. You know, Tim Cameron builds a whole new chassis every year. It seems like, um, is that, are, are those kind of changes something that you would recommend? Because, you know, spoiler, uh, you have a new buggy right now, new chassis, new everything. Um, is that, is it worth going through and making those kind of modifications in the off season? Or is it better just to say, okay, you know what? Fundamentally, this needs to be just a little bit different. Um, you know, I guess it really depends, you know, and I'll tell you the one of the biggest quotes I remember is, it's from Tim Cameron. Um, we were talking a few weeks ago um, about some suspension things. And, you know, he ended the conversation with, you know, Tim, no matter how good it is, remember, it can be better. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's really stuck with me. And, and I, I think the wintertime's a great time to, to learn what can be better on your car and, and to make those changes to make it better. So let's go ahead and jump straight to it. Um, you have Hillbilly Deluxe. Um, Tell us, you know, so that ran a four link for its its life, correct? Correct. And that was, um, you know, just what the standard, I guess, rock bouncer tire. You were in 42s, 43s? 43 okay. SX stickies from okay. Scott Go Forth. Okay. So to me, that's kind of, you know, uh, that's the, the, I'm using air quotes here, the typical tire and wheel, uh, the things that, you know, are, are just the best. You can't really beat those. All right, man, we'll go ahead and go recording. Um, so I'm looking at Hillbilly Deluxe here, and uh, it looks like you guys are running the Super Swamper SX Sticky on there? Yes, sir. Now, how did that tire perform for you guys? Because it looks like you ran it for a while. Yeah, the, uh, the, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's kind of hard to fix what's not broken. Um, the, the SX tire has been around for a number of years now, and we've had great luck out of them. So, uh, you know, having that, I, you know, I got a little sneak peek at, uh, you know, recording this uh, at, at a chance when I've got to see your buggy all finished up. Um, what tire are you guys planning on running this year? Uh, we started this season on a, a new set of SX Dickies on Raceline wheels from Go Forth Tire. Uh, Go Forth's always taking care of us in the tire department. Um, we've uh, we've grouped together now with Mickey Thompson and go forth as well to uh, start running the the new Mickey Thompson Baja Pro X this year. Man, those uh, those bad boys got some meat on them too. Yes, sir. They've uh, they've got a lot of side lug, uh, deep open tread pattern. Uh, they just they really seem to hook up, and and a lot of this loose dirt and mud we've we've been stuck with. Uh, so let me let me ask you this. You know, how long have you guys actually gotten a chance to run those tires? Um, at this point, I've got two races on that tire. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was able to, uh, unfortunately I was able to be involved with the, the testing, uh, research and development side of things. Um, you know, we got to really take these tires out and just beat them down and I've, I've been real impressed with them. Where do, where do you think that they shine the best? Uh, definitely loose dirt. Uh, mud, any loose terrain, they're great. Um, but I think they're very comparable when it comes to dry rock. They, they hook up just as well as the SX Sticky does. Yeah, and I think that that's something that especially, you know, a lot of these guys are, are doing the quote-unquote Tennessee cut on the on the SX tires. And, you know, it looks like to me that Mickey Thompson has kind of nailed down that tread pattern, but with bigger lugs, bigger sidewall. 
uh, and the compound seems to be just as sticky. So it seems like to me, you know, it takes some of the effort off the driver because you don't have to get in there and actually cut the tires yourself. Oh, without a doubt, you know, you're talking four hours a tire to cut these tires Ooh, uh, man. at a minimum. Um, you know, and, and some guys opt to pay to have that done. But, yeah. Um, you know, it gets rather pricey. You know, you're looking uh, six to eight hundred dollars for a set of tires to be cut. Uh, that's you crazy. Know, with the Mickey, it's already done for you. Yeah, that's wild. Now, uh, what what size do they offer them in? Because uh, in it, do they only offer one size, or is there multiple at, options? At this point, it's just the forty three. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say anything for sure, but I would I would imagine Mickey would. Uh, dip into other sizes and catch the market there yeah so and, and that's comparable because I, I, if i'm not mistaken most people run the 43 sticky for the super swamper too correct yes sir okay well cool well i'll tell you i uh you know i actually saw a few pictures when you guys were out testing them and i've gotten the chance to see the runs that you've had thus far and man i'm I like again they just look like the hookup and and uh, i've seen them in wet mud wet empty wet loose ground dry loose ground and uh, the thing is, they just eat the they just eat the ground. Yes, yes, they're uh, you know they're really they they bite in that loose soil like a bogger does, but you're not sacrificing the uh, the lateral traction that you yeah. lose with a bogger. Okay, well, yeah, man, that sounds great. And uh, pretty much what we'll do is I'll I'll find a place where I can transition that into the rest of the uh, recording. So you know, an LS three eighty three. It was about 13 to 1 on the compression, uh, big lift cam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a rowdy little motor for what it was. Um, yeah, absolutely. It just was not a smooth power curve. I mean, that driving that buggy was like driving a two-stroke. Mm. If you got under the pipe, man, it was, it was on its face. Mm. That's not good. Um, but still, I mean, you, you had good success with it. It's, it's, a, it's an awesome buggy. It looks great, performs great. Um, you now move to your new buggy. And I'm just going to let you talk about it and you run with it and just say anything you want because, uh, you know, I've, I think we've only seen it race one time at Windrock, correct? Um, we actually did take it out um, to Texas. Uh, Hawk Pride. Hawk Pride. Oh, yeah, Hawk uh, Pride. I forgot that, that even happened. So we, uh, yeah, we decided we were going to, you know, it, it was time to either step up or step out of the sport. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I definitely wasn't ready to give it up. So. To, uh, to get with the times, you know, we, we made up our mind. We were going to run with the trailing arm chassis, get, you know, try to lower the center of gravity, um, you know, just get some more suspension travel compared to what we used to have. Mm-hmm. The, the old car had four inches of up travel, and, you know, now we're running with 12 inches of up travel. Um, so we got with Reject Fab. I was really impressed with uh, what he had built for John Allen Campbell and uh, got on his list and came home, tore my buggy apart, sold all the parts, and uh, took a lot of money and, pile of tube down to Justin. Um, he got started. We, you know, initially wanted the single seat, you know, full on race chassis. Yeah. Um, as things progressed, you know, the way everything laid outside, we, we had space for a second seat. So, you know, why not throw one in there? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, we, we rocked on with that. Um, you know, we were trying to be different. I, I didn't want to pull it by another buggy that looked like mine or, mm-hmm. you know, had all the same features as mine. Um, do we had talked about blowers and talked about big compression motors, big blocks, and, and finally it boiled down to we wanted to turbocharge it. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, a, I'll tell you, man, that chassis, y'all nailed it. That is, it looks like, it looks like something you'd ride into war on. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm a big fan of it. And uh, what's the name of the buggy? Uh, Money Shot. 
so I, I love it because behind money shot on your skins you've got the uh you've got the like raindrop emojis right behind it so uh pretty, yeah yeah that was a bet i lost i uh i like it i think it's great and every time i just looked at it on your I'm, I'm on your facebook searching around and uh got a got a, got a chuckle when i saw that um so you know you've got a two-seat buggy uh you've got the suspension actually i'm just going to start from the outside and work it in um wheels and tires what you're running we are running uh, so the SX Dickies from Scott Goforth on Raceline wheels. Okay, sharp looking Racelines too. Um, suspension. Let's go uh, axles. What, what you got under there? The Shea 14 bolts still? Yes, Brannick. Brannick actually, uh, man, they, they knocked it out of the park. Shea 14 bolts, uh, 40 spline shafts, obviously full spools. Mm-hmm. Um, something we did a little different is we're running unit bearings, uh, the the Super Duty unit bearings on all four corners. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't, you know, we don't have tapered bearings to deal with. It's all just one piece to pull off four bolts and, and the whole tub assembly's gone and out of the way. Um, you know, we've got Brannix high steer arms, uh, the new Reed super 60 knuckles, uh, 40 spline, 300 M shafts all the way around from Brannick. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like you got it built best you can down there. Um, yep. sus- talk, talk to me about suspension because suspension seems to be where the most improvement has come in the past few years on the bouncer side. Um, it just seems that guys can run faster, they can run their machine harder, and it definitely seems that seat time on the suspension, just getting your suspension dialed in for your rig, seems to be the make or break um, outside of driver, of course. But um, as far as the rig goes, I mean, what, what kind of suspension do you have running on there? I, I can't see what kind of bypasses those are. Um, we're running Fox coilovers and bypasses, all three corners, uh, three tube bypasses, 16 inch travel. Um, in the front, you know, we, we truly have 16 inches of travel with a traditional four length setup. Um, out back, we, we've got about 29 inches Ooh, of travel with man. a trailing arm out of a 16 inch shock. Man, that's a lot of travel back there. That is a lot. Um, so, so go talk to me about your shock tuning process. Did you guys spend a ton of time? How'd you come up with the spring rates? You know, talk to me a little bit about the process of you guys doing that. Spring rates, you know, I worked with uh, Scott over at Sunfire on spring rates. Um, it, it was really a shot in the dark. Uh, we, we based my buggy off of John Allen Campbell's mm-hmm. uh, and added 500 pounds. Um, What'd you add the 500 pounds for? We just figured there was a little extra too. Um, my, my chassis is all um 188 wall except for the main frame rails which are actually actually uh, 250 wall um so being a two-seater just a touch wider um i'm also running the air to water intercooler mm-hmm. um i've got a bigger fuel cell myself i'm probably 100 pounds heavier than john allen <laughs> so uh you know just all those factors we, yeah. we kind of came up to a mutual agreement of my car is going to weigh about 500 pounds more yeah that makes sense um, so we got the spring rates, um, figured out. Um, and aside from that, I really haven't had any time to shock tune the car. Um, we're, we're working with, uh, Gary over at G force. Um, and he's, he's going to work with us on tuning these things, but, um, just trying to, you know, busy schedules. We're trying to iron out time to get that done. Yeah. I, uh, I've heard, I, I just hear more and more about G force and how, um, they're great. They're great to work with. Um, what's the, what's the gentleman's name that owns it? Uh, Gary. Gary. Okay, Gary. I thought so. I just wanted to make sure. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about Gary, and uh, you know he does do not only race teams, but he'll do typical consumer uh, shock tuning as well. Correct? Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's got uh, he, he's handling all of Paul Wolf's cars. Um, you know both race buggies and their uh, their full body Can Ams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those cars just flat out work. There's there's no denying. 
Yeah, they do. Uh, I, I actually was talking a little bit earlier. Um, spoiler: We had Paul Wolf uh, last week on the show record, and it should be released here in a little while. So it was really neat to talk to him, um, and he spoke nothing but high praise about Gary. And uh, I just wanted to just continue the trend because uh, you know, getting more people's opinions. Uh, you know, if you can push work to a good person, then, then you know, in all means, do so. So, uh, what motor do you have? You said you wanted it turbocharged. What motor you got in Money Shot? We are running a 408 LS. Um, so we started with an iron 6.0 block, punched it out. Uh, big Cali's forged rotating assembly. Um, motor's about 10.5 to 1, uh, compression ratio, okay. um, ported heads. Um, and then we've got an 80 millimeter turbo on top with an air-to-water intercooler and running on Renegade uh, E85. Ooh, man. So, uh, you know, for, for us simpletons who don't race, uh, race fuel versus regular fuel, what kind of difference does it make? Does it actually make a difference? Why, why is it so important to have a brand that you trust to run your race fuel? Um, you know, race fuel versus regular fuel, uh, I'm not going to say there's a difference. Uh, it doesn't make a difference, I should say. Um, the, the difference is you with these high compression motors, um, or even these turbo motors, or, you know, to throw a lot of timing at a motor safely, we have to run a higher octane fuel. A higher octane fuel is less volatile. Uh, it's a real common misconception. People think that, that 110 is going to be more explosive than, than pump gas, but it's actually the exact opposite. Um, so your goal is to run the lowest octane fuel you safely can. Um, that's where you're going to see your best power. Hmm. We, we're, we've been working with Renegade to uh, iron out a fuel program that works for us, um, and, I, and I think we've actually just absolutely got that ironed out now. Um, they're, they're special blending some stuff for us. Um, Lucas Oil, uh, I'm real good friends with Kyle Lucas. He's, he's been a huge help um, from helping me out with my fuel pump, my fuel system. Um, they're also making a custom top loop that uh, myself and Kyle are the only ones that are running right now. So, so the fuel, the fuel itself doesn't make a difference uh, per se, but but you've got to have a fuel you can trust to uh, to safely put the boost and timing at these motors that we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm going to fall into that camp that thought it was the other way around. That you know, the higher octane you'd run, the more flammable, the more boost you're going to get out of it. So uh, that's a really interesting thing to learn. That that is totally counterintuitive to what you would imagine it be. Yeah. It's, uh, I tell you, Steve Morgan um, at RPM Performance Tuning, he's, he's been a huge help, um, mm-hmm. a huge educator. Uh, he's a huge advocate for the sport. Um, he, he's taken on all of my tuning, and I don't know that anyone else in the world will ever tune any LS motor for me. Uh, he's yeah. been incredible. He's taught me a lot. Um, he's, he's coached me through the process and, and kept me from making a lot of mistakes. Man, that's uh, I will beat the dead horse every single podcast. Go to people that know what they're talking about, people that have been doing it for a while and have had success. There's no reason for you to waste your time on something that you can are trying to learn or going to halfway do when you can go spend a few bucks and talk to someone who knows what they're talking about and get it done right the first time and get it done accurate. Yes, without a doubt. You know, it's a... Uh... It's one thing when you're pedaling with a you know a little dirt bike in the garage. It's that's a great platform to learn on. But uh, when it comes to a ten or twenty thousand dollar LS motor, I, I don't think that's a, a good test of it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to learn on that one. <laughs> um, so you, you've had a little bit of time. Uh, let me ask you this: When did when did you complete completely build uh, put in the last bolt for Money Shot? When was that? We got Money Shot together um, a week 
before the Texas race. Um, we, we got it home. Uh, we, I spent two weekends down at Justin's, um, uh, sleeping on his couch, you know, just, just being a complete bum, yeah. you know, 20 hours a day in the shop. I mean, we were absolutely hustling to get this car ready and I, I can't thank Justin enough. Um, Sean as well. He, he was able to come over from the razor side of things and, and help us put the, the big buggy together. Um, so we got the buggy together. I brought it home. I was able to plumb and wire it with a week to spare. Um, I got the car down to Steve and, uh, he started working on the tuning and uh, man, it just, it didn't shake out. Um, we, we couldn't get the car right. And, and it turns out it was all, uh, it all kind of led down to some faulty electrical connections and, and that's all on my behalf. Um, I, I tried a new type of electrical connector that, mm-hmm. that didn't pan out. And that ultimately kept us from racing in Texas. Mm. That's that's one thing that I, I also reiterate all the time is it's the little things, the devil's in the details, and it'll get you. And it's that that one little small detail. I was explaining to Kyle actually earlier. Uh, my my electronics and my and my razor wouldn't work, and one of my uh, screws on my power system, like the hot bar, it uh, it just wasn't tight enough. Tightened it up like two turns. Next thing you know, my whole thing's working right, running right, everything's good. So, yeah, uh, the electrical systems can be very temperamental. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> so you, you get it not in time for Texas. Um, you know, obviously that's unfortunate, but uh, you get it in time for Hawks Pride. What does the car feel like? How much time did you have, like, to get adjusted to the to the new ride, the new suspension? You mentioned you hadn't tuned it much, but obviously it's a huge difference from Hillbilly Deluxe. Um, how does it feel to go from you know, a, a traditional four link to the, to the trailing arm system. And, uh, I would argue a buggy that's got a little bit more thought behind the engineering. It was, uh, so we, we got the car back from, uh, Texas. Uh, we actually made the drive down to Texas and then turned around and, and called it quits and came home, um, after finding some more issues. Mm. Um, so we got home, uh, spent two weeks chasing out all the wiring issues and, and finally got everything right. Um, a good buddy of mine, Trey Moore, uh, who now owns the, the original Showstopper buggy, he uh, he took some time out of his day, uh, loaded the buggy up, took it back down to Steve, uh, spent the better part of a day with Steve getting the car ironed out and tuned. Um, on their last pull of the day, the car broke a throttle cable. Oh. Um, so they were able to, uh, you know, use a piece of rope to, uh, to throttle it up on the trailer um, yeah. so we could get it home. Trey brought it home. I went over, uh, changed all the fluids, just did a, a bolt check on it, um, got the new throttle cable on it, drove it down the street twice, and put it on the trailer to head to Windrock. Woo, man. Well, I, I actually, uh, I think it was last night, actually, watched the video of you coming up on Windrock. Um, you beat that thing, man. You you, uh, you were hitting the rev limiter there for a while, and it was glowing, and it, it sounded like it was running great. Yeah, the, the car uh, runs better than I ever could have dreamed. Um, you know, coming from a, we'll just say a 600 horsepower car um, before, uh, to, to over a 1200 horsepower car, is uh, it's a big change, big learning curve. Um, and it's, I think it's going to take me the better part of the season to figure out how to drive this thing. Yeah. Um, at Windrock, you know, we came out of the gate um, with no, very little preparation. You know, it's uh, life's been chaos trying to get this car together, trying to keep a household together. Um, you know, we're in the middle of selling our house and, and getting ready to start building the house. So, uh, between all that, the bike shop, the fire department, I mean, just things are chaos. So I, I have little preparation in this car, uh, little seat time. I come out the gate in second gear, um, 
the car just is immediately on the rev limiter. <laughs> I make the turn. I kind of slide through the turn. Um, I'm fighting my face shield. There's mud everywhere, so I'm trying to open my face shield so I can see what's going on. I'm still like trying to catch my breath because I was not expecting the car to, to hit the rev limiter that quick. Yeah. Um, so I get over the first little hump, uh, go ahead and throw the car into third, and just throw it away. What I didn't realize about that much horsepower is you will just absolutely cook the tires off. Uh, there's there's one point I went back to watch the videos. And, you know, I, I study a lot of the videos to see what went wrong and yeah. what I could do different. Um, and, you know, what's actually happening outside of the car versus how it feels inside the car. But uh, there's one point in the video where you can, I, I mean, it's just complete mud on that hill. There's not a rock one, and the tires are just smoke rolling. Um so, you know, you're talking 80 miles an hour to wheel speed on mud and, yeah. and just smoking the tires, not hooking up the slightest bit. Yeah. Man. So, so you jump in there and, you know, obviously this thing's got a whole different beast of an engine in there. Because um, it, it's actually funny. I remember I had to actually went back and watched your run a couple times because it looked like your car was on, like, ice almost. And, yeah, and I, yeah, I had to go. Yeah, exactly. Because I had to go back and watch it because I was like, I hear the engine. I think I the first time I watched it, I was like looking down at something or looking at my dog, and uh, I heard it. And I just remember watching you just like casually cruise up this hill, and I'm like, well, he's got some traction, but why does it sound like he's just going crazy? And then I look, and your tires are like you just said, going about 80 miles an hour, and and it's just eating the ground to pieces. So that being said, like, you know, what do you take away from that? How do you, is it just driver getting more comfortable with the car or is it something that, you know, do you have to drive it different? I mean, what, what goes, how do you fix something that's got just that much power that you've got to be easy on it? Oh, call failed. Sorry about that. Uh, it's, it, uh, call failed. I don't know if it was on my end or, or what happened, but, uh, um, anyways, we were talking about, um, you having the uh, the ability to drive a little bit differently because of all that wheel speed. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to take some throttle control. Um, you know, another thing I took out of that was you know I, I should have spent more time on the car getting the car prepped. Uh, you know, when I when it was all said and done, we came out the top of the hill. Um, yeah. The car was about two hundred and sixty degrees uh, <laughs> I believe temperature it. and on fire. Yeah. Well, I I thought I thought it's funny. You know, the the razors now they have an Evo some kind of tube where it's a bright orange tube that's the part of the intake. And uh, for a second, I was like, oh, that's so weird. He painted his he painted the tubes under his like. There's some tubes in there that are bright orange, and it took me about five seconds to realize. Wait, that's his headers. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I definitely can imagine that it came out pretty hot. So you're saying it was actually on fire, though? Yes, we, we had a little bit of an engine fire. Um, we had some wiring uh, catch on fire. Um, managed to get it out pretty quick yeah. uh, and, and get the car shut down in time to, to not destroy anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going back, I, I definitely hadn't had my cooling system blood out properly. Um, you know, I, I probably should have located some wires a little different than I had. Uh, or, or insulated them a little better than I had, um, and I definitely should have been at a lower tire pressure. Um, yeah, I, I just that. completely overlooked the the tire pressure, and you know later on I thought you know hey we we put twenty pounds of air in these things to seat them up. Yeah, and uh, when I finally went back, the tires were all between uh, seventeen and eighteen pounds of air. Woo! Yeah, that's a uh, that def. I didn't even you know it's funny when I was watching, I didn't even think about that. I figured it just had so much power, it didn't matter at that point. 
But uh, that would definitely make a difference being that, having that much pressure in there. Um, one topic I heard that was always really interesting to me is some guys in the bouncers, and let me re-roll it back actually, internet people who obviously are the best drivers in the world, um, they always tell people, especially rock bouncers in particular, you need to air down, you need to air down. Um, and I heard, I've heard a few people talk about it, but you know, uh, rock crawling, you see the tire give way, the, the tire wall bends, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, in, in rock bouncing, you don't necessarily see it bend like that. Uh, what's the benefit of running just a little bit more pressure than say, you know, that, that six and seven pounds that people expect you to run? Uh, I think the biggest benefits in your pocketbook, um, you know, what, oh, yeah. what these guys don't realize is when you hit a, uh, you know, a rock ledge at, at 30, 40, 50 mile an hour, um, six, eight pounds of air, the, the tire buckles. Um, when that tire buckles, it, it pinches between the rock and the sidewall, and, and you're stuck with a destroyed, you know, $300 race line wheel and a $800, you know, sticky tire. Yeah. Yep. Very much so. And that's, uh, that's the explanation I've heard before. And that's a, that's a good one. And I wish that I could plaster that and have it on every podcast in the beginning of every episode. Stop telling these guys to air down. They know what they're doing. <laughs> but, uh, so you have that race. Um, is there anything, you know, you've had a little bit of seat time. Is there anything that you want to change on the buggy? Is there, is there something that you just really love or is there something you just are like, man, we really got to get this figured out? Um, you know, at this point, shock tuning is, is very critical. Um, and it's something we've known from the start that we need to do. Uh, it's just a matter of getting it done. Um, you know, and I don't want to make any big judgments until that's done. I, I love the way the car handles, uh, the way that we set up the steering. Um, the car's nimble. I mean, it, it's like driving just a, an oversized razor. That's awesome. Uh, which is way different than what I was used to before. Um, you know, we, we've got bugs we're working out of the car. Um, though my only concern is the belly height. Um, we, and it was completely my call. We went with a 16 inch belly to keep a low center of gravity. Um, you know, I wanted I wanted a lot of up travel, a low mm-hmm. center of gravity, but I still wanted to keep a low roof height, um, so the buggy would fit my trailer. Uh, you know, I, I'm six foot four, so it's it's hard to put all that in a small little package. Yeah, you're a big man. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a I'm a regular dude here at five nine, five ten. So I uh, I can only imagine trying to get you all squeezed in there. I hope I'm hoping that shock tuning will really combat the uh, the belly height issue. Um, I did at Hawk Pride take a pretty good, pretty good hit on the belly of the car. Um, it, it, it hurt. It hurt bad enough that I, I stuck the throttle um, on accident and ended up shredding the ring and pinion. Mm. Um, you know, so I'm hoping that's not an issue down the road, but I, I do have concerns with it. Yeah, yeah, and and just for those listening who didn't already catch it, um, you've got the belly sitting too low, correct? <clears throat> I, I, I don't know if it's too low at this point. Um, you know, we, we wanted to try to keep it low. Uh, we just don't know where that threshold of too low is. We're, sure. we're playing around trying to figure that out. Sure. And, and by tuning the shocks, you, you know, you can always pull a little bit more height out of something and, and spring rates will let you kind of keep the benefit. Uh, it's amazing the just what suspension you can gain and what benefits, you know, raising your belly will have an inch and, and the, you know, on the flip side, the, the detriment that raising your belly an inch will take out too, you know? Without a doubt. So, uh, all in all, the belly, what's one thing you love about the car? Just the best part. What makes you the happiest? Just hearing the turbo sing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's something else. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm a Razor guy, and I had a turbo Razor, had the blow-off valve, had all that. But 
you know, there's something when you go to a tuned turbo that just spools up, sounds like an airplane taking off and, and just has that crazy amount of power coming out of the engine too. Whew, man, that's a, that's a song of my people right there. Without a doubt. That's good. So, uh, as you, as you move forward looking out, um, obviously you're heading out to Wildcat tomorrow. Um, what are your thoughts about the race coming up for this weekend? Is there something you want to do different? Is there a different strategy? I mean, what, what, what's on the table for you? Um, you know, again, I, I don't, as much as I want to be competitive, I'm, I'm really dedicating this season to, to learning this car. Um, I, I hope that this rain holds out and, and the hills are climbable. Yeah. Um, Wildcat seems to be an issue. The, those two hills, when they get muddy, man, they just they turn into a hole that can't be climbed. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping the weather holds out. Um, I'm hoping we can make some clean passes, and, and I hope that we can land in the top ten this weekend. Ooh, that's exciting. I uh, I always I, I really just love to hear when guys uh, you know want to be in the top ten. They want to do this. They want to do that. So uh, it's it's really a good thing to hear that you want to press on hard um, for a top ten win. Uh, and I'm looking online right here. The uh, the Wildcat Hills, they're the they're the real long ones with the rocks at the top, correct? Correct. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Um, yeah, that's nasty. That's real nasty, especially when it does get wet. Um, and I know that especially when those guys dig those rocks out at the top, um, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, in, in the last two years, it's been that way. You know, the hills at the bottom were fairly dry, but it's just, for whatever reason, it holds water right under those rock faces, and, and it just turns into a mess. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll be hoping for the best for you. Um, now, i got a few more things I want to actually loop back and talk about, but I want to wrap up. Uh, where are you going to be this season? Are you racing um, pro rock, or are you racing outlaw, or are you doing purely southern rock racing? We are dedicated to the series of, uh, the, the entire cup series for Southern Rock Racing. Okay. Um, you know, that, that doesn't mean we're not going to branch out. And, uh, again, we hit an outlaw race a couple weeks ago down at Hawk Pride. Um, it had a good time, and it was fun to go down there and, and see some new faces and, uh, you know, just get a little extra seat time in the buggy. So, um, you know, we, we hope to do a little bit of that. Um, obviously, time and money permit right. uh, a lot of what we do. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you'll probably see us at a few Bounty Hills. Um, I'd like to run some stuff at the Dirty Turtle. We, we always have a good time over at that park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they all treat us like family. We, we've always got a reserve camping spot. It's, it's great over there. So yeah, that's awesome. I'd say you'll see us at some of their events as well. Okay, well, cool. Um, now, do you have any, uh, any plans on uh, maybe the Ultra 4 East this year or anything like that? We may. Um, it, it kind of falls in a busy time for the bike industry. Sure. Um, you know, we, we start, uh, Daytona was two weeks ago, and, and we run pretty hot and heavy up through October with the bike bike business. Um, and, and we're really branching out with that this year. Uh, we're doing some on-site uh, parts installs at some rallies. So uh, we're going to be on the road a lot this year, you know, between, between racing and uh, the bike shop. Okay. Well, cool, man. Um, that's awesome. Uh, something I want to actually loop back around to, um, when we first talked, uh, well, first off, let me pause before we go there. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the buggy or this race season or anything else? Cause I, I was going to, uh, I was going to gloss over a few more topics, but I was going to wrap up those two things. Just a, a point to highlight sponsors. Is oh yeah, absolutely. Thing. I know I've kind of trickled them in there, but I'd like yeah. to make sure I get everybody. Yeah. Now I'll give you a chance uh, at the end of the podcast to give everyone a final shout out, but anybody you want to give a shout out to specifically, um, feel free, go ahead right now and okay. point out, talk about it, talk about why they're better, do anything you want. Okay. 
I got you there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. If you want to, if you want to talk about it now, or you want to talk about it later, we'll just catch it later. Okay. Perfect. All right. So uh, when we talked to getting our getting our schedule set up, um, you had actually mentioned to me that uh, you had some RC cars, uh, and I am. You know, like I said, was on your Facebook and saw that you have an RC Hillbilly Deluxe. Uh, now, did you build that yourself, or did you have somebody build that for you? No, I actually uh, I built that um, about two weeks before Christmas, last Christmas. Um, my little boy Cutter. I know a lot of people that are going to listen to this are, are familiar with Cutter and some of his wild adventures. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I bought an RC car, a little axial race, and he just had a ball playing with it. You know, he insisted that's what he wanted for Christmas. That's what he wanted for Christmas. So uh, I went and bought some 316 uh, steel rod and got out the TIG welder and, and got to work. Man, I spent a few weeks just uh, sitting in the garage staring at my buggy and, and welding some metal together. That's really cool. It looks great. It's on your Facebook. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of the RC vehicles. Uh, it, it's one of those really fun things. You can have a great time uh, just if you're not out riding and you got 15 minutes, go run it in the backyard, build yourself a little hill, and it's it's just tons of fun. Um, but that's really cool. Wanted to bring that up. Um, I also wanted to bring up a couple of places. That, you know, sounds like you've been all over the East Coast, um, and you've mentioned you went to King of Hammers as well, correct? Yes, sir. So you did a shootout. How did that go for you? Tell me about East Coast versus King of Hammers, West Coast. You know, talk about that because there's a lot of guys that want to make that pilgrimage. So, I, you know, since I bought the buggy, I've wanted to run the shootout. You know, it's something I've watched religiously since it started. You know, every year, stay up late, watch the shootout. Uh, you know, it's just it's part of part of life for us. Um, so, you know, we wanted to go. Um, we like to travel. You know, my wife and I, we travel a lot with uh, business, but, but it's nice to get out and have some fun in different parts of the country as well. Um, so we, we decided we were going to, we wanted to run the shootout. Um, it, at the same time frame, we had decided we wanted to build a razor buggy for my wife to race. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we worked with Jeff Donda at Outlaw Fab, uh, I should say formerly Outlaw Fab, uh, built a razor buggy, took, uh, took both the razor buggy and the uh, big buggy out to uh, KOH. So, uh, what was the terrain like? You know, was that your first time going west to go ride? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, what are the differences? Obviously, it's a little more dry and you're in the desert, but other than that, uh, what are the differences between East Coast versus West Coast? Traction. Traction? <laughs> I haven't heard that before. <laughs> oh, man. So, does it really, do the tires just really hook up over there? Is oh, it really... man, I, I shredded half a set of stickies just oh, running the shootout. Oh my god! I mean, it was just ungodly uh, how much traction you get. I mean, the, you see the rocks out there, and you know they look like sandstone or something similar to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and until you actually get within arm's reach of them, and, and I will tell you, the the rocks out there look like thirty six grit sandpaper. Oh my god! I mean, it's just uh, aggressive. You know, obviously the sands blowing across the desert, that, that wind and sand erosion just have created the texture on the rocks. It's ungodly. That's that's amazing. So let me ask you the uh, the age old question here: which one's uh, which one's harder to drive on, East Coast or West Coast? Man, it's it's way harder to drive out here. Oh, that's what I like to hear. Good old East Coast East Coast guy, repping for the East Coast. I like that. Um, what what is it like out there? Did you get a chance to run the bouncer through like the hammers and the rock sections at all? No, we uh, we were on such a deadline finishing up the the little U four car razor buggy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we, we actually finished that car out of the back of our enclosed trailer in the middle of the desert. Awesome. Um, so we spent the week uh, building the car instead of pre-running and, and doing all that good stuff. Um, we did get out and, you know, ride our full body racers around a little bit, uh, yeah. rode up Chocolate Thunder. You know, it was fun. Uh, just just blasting through the desert, you know, down in the lake bed is, is pretty good time. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's all different. So, I mean, is it is it comparable to anything that we have over here, being able to just go bomb through the desert like that? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, I think the, the biggest comparison might be, you know, just an empty cornfield. Uh-huh. Um, but what's crazy out there is, you know, I don't know if you've been out there or not, but there's craters everywhere, you know, from I, I guess from where they did bomb testing years ago. But you might be running 80 mile an hour across the desert, and all of a sudden you you hit a 20 foot wide, four foot deep crater in the sand. Wow. Um, and, and you don't know, you know, on a stock razor, you, the suspension's not tuned at all. You, you might come out on your front wheels. You might come out on your back wheels. You might come out on your lid. You don't know where you're going. Yeah. The first thing I think of is, man, I'm going to try and hit the brakes and that's just, you better, just better stay in it just to get, keep yeah, going. you got to stay in it. Man, that's crazy. Um, I haven't been out there. Uh, I'll be out there at some point and, uh, I'll let everybody know when I'm going, but, uh, you know, as far as enjoyment goes, just trail riding, uh, which one do you like better, East Coast, West Coast? Man, it's, I guess a bad day riding is better than a good day at work. Uh, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter to me. You right know, if, if I'm in a razor and, and we've got some cold drinks and good company, man, it, it doesn't matter where we're riding. If you had to pick uh, a day at the trails at your favorite park out east or a day in the hammers, where are you going? Probably going to the woods. Probably going to the woods. All right. I, good, good. I like to, I, like I said, I like to hear it. Um, and that being said, where is your favorite place to go ride? If there's a race at this location, you know, you're not going to miss it for the world. Where is that for you? I mean, I, I tell you, we have a ball at Dirty Turtle. Um, okay. You know, a lot of people uh, may not ride as aggressive as we do, mm-hmm. um, but they just, the hills out there are incredible. So if you're scared of hills, it's not a park for you. Um, if you like to hit hills all day long and really push your machine to its limits, Dirty Turtle is just a blast. That's good to hear because, uh, uh, you know, I see Dirty Turtle. I'm one of those guys. I'm out here to watch. <laughs> you know, I, I have a podcast that talks to these crazy drivers, but I'm just a guy out here to enjoy it, and y'all put on the show for me. Uh, I'd be more than happy to come watch a Dirty Turtle, but everyone I talk to, it sounds like that's the last place I want to go riding. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, man, I tell you, and you. Aside from the the awesome trails, um, it, it's just absolutely the nicest park you'll ever go to. Yeah. Um, you know they've got a paved entrance, they've got a general store, they've got the nicest shower houses I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know they've got cabins to rent, they've got RV hookups new this year. They've got you know where we normally camp, you're you're camped right next to a motorcross track. That's amazing. Uh, so I should say it's a short course track. It's uh, it's more geared toward razors and buggies but uh you know it's just an incredible park it's always clean there's never trash Mm -hmm. um you know scott and tina are awesome will and scotty um they don't put up with any bullshit you know if they're if there's drama you're gone so it's a good clean family friendly place to be so will they let anybody run that track uh if there's not a race yes they will that's that's big news for those listening because uh, that's not too far out of my wheelhouse and i would probably make a trip up there just to go get a chance to run the track um, I would like to see where they ran the endurance race and see if some buddies and I, my, you know, couldn't replicate it to the best, of, you know, the best we can without running people over. Um, I'd love to go run a lap or two on that endurance lap, on that endurance track. It's definitely a blast. 
So let me ask you the, the follow-up question is where's your least favorite place to go ride? If somebody tells you, you know, hey, we're racing here, you're just like, damn, <laughs> I don't want to go. Anywhere there's mud. Anywhere there's mud. <laughs> where's your, where, where have you run into the worst, where have you had the worst time, maybe the worst luck, the worst time, just all together? Wildcat has proved to be pretty muddy. Um, you know, Dirty Turtle is always muddy. I've just chalked that up. It's always going to rain at Dirty Turtle. It is. Um, fortunately, their hills uh, have a lot of rock faces in them, and, and you can stay out of the mud for the best, you know, the most part. Um, and their their trail maintenance is incredible, so so you really don't have to deal with the mud that much. Um, you know, Bikini Bottoms when it's wet is is a disaster, but. Man, I tell you, that's a fun park when it's dry. Yeah. Now, Bikini Bottoms is where they host the uh, finals every year, correct? Correct. So that sand, I talked to Stephen Rogers, and uh, Stephen was telling me that the the sand on those big, loose climbs that the uh, Icelandic guys come run is like quicksand. Your feet just sink in it. It's unreal. Um, you know, if you watch some of the, uh, the videos from two years ago, um, we came out the top. It was the first year for the replica cable hill. Yeah. Um, you know, we were coming out of the top of that and you were, you were up to your axle at least. And most of us had our axles completely covered. Um, just in that powdery, sandy clay. I mean, it, it's That's some amazing. power robbing stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've never made it there. I'm going to do my best to make it to the finals this year. Um, uh, I've got a little bit of time off work. I think I can squeeze out, and I might come out there and watch the finals on Friday or Saturday. Um, is there any? I mean, is there any way to prepare yourself? Uh, how, how much riding is out at Bikini Bottoms? Um, there's a. I tell you, there's a lot of riding for the guys that, that are into flat trails yeah. and mud. Um, you know, we get out and ride a little bit, but when we're there, it's you know we're pretty well focused on the race car and the race hills so now do they shut the race hills down at night or is it something that like you know i'm gonna go try and climb the loose dirt hill in my razor buggy they actually yeah they leave the hills open um in the evenings um for everybody to go riding on that's pretty amazing i'll uh i might have to i might have to try and make it out there sometime because i want to go see this quicksand i keep hearing about it's rough yeah <laughs> um well i mean other than that do you have another place that you really like to go ride or another place that's noteworthy that you just hate um man we've got like i said we've got a 3500 acre state-owned off-road park mm -hmm. right out my back door i mean it's two miles from the house yeah um we, we have a blast out there you know there's there's good fast trails um you know they're putting a lot of money into the park and, and widening the trails and, and drainage on the trails um and you know we we've been fortunate to work really close with dnr and, and we're able to cut some trails out there help uh, develop some new trails uh, so so we've been able to implement some some tougher stuff you know we've got one trail that there's one way in there's one way out and you're you're at least an hour and a half to get through it oh man so it's really a good time yeah, um, that's awesome. you know you're you're not allowed on the trail with anything smaller than a 37 inch tire um Ooh. lockers winches are required i mean it's uh it's some pretty gnarly stuff yeah it sounds like it that uh that's that's some, that's pretty intense um, but the last thing that I wanted to talk about was the razor buggy. Um, did that come from a razor? Because that chassis is just, it, it's so unique and it's unlike any other razor buggy I've seen. You know, most of them either follow the rock bouncer style or the ultra four lines. And it, and it looks like, you know, to me, it looks like you followed honestly the lines of a motorcycle where you have that real you know kind of sharp front end and it leans back and smooths over and like kind of curves into the back end um 
it, that came off of a razor, correct? That's a razor foundation. Correct. Okay. Um, you know, we, we, everything I do, I, I try to do a little different. Um, you know, if you look at our, our race trailer, you know, the entire garage of it is graffitied uh, by yeah. a local artist. Uh, you know, we, we like to implement a lot of local art and our wraps and different things on the cars. Um, so, you know, it was, it was the same game when we built that razor. I, I didn't want it to look like anything else. So we, we kind of mashed up a rock bouncer and a trophy truck and a U4 car shook it all up in a box and dumped it out and that's what yeah. we got man it looks it looks awesome i, I can i can uh, definitely attest to the fact that i've never seen anything like it um i actually thought it was a oh who makes who made the wildcat side by side was that textron yeah Arctic cat previously Arctic oh yeah cat. the arctic cat it looked i thought it was an arctic cat like base model like or, or you were based it off an arctic cat at first but when I got into it, I was like, it doesn't, you know, it looks good. Arctic cats look like crap. <laughs> Shout out to everybody in an Arctic cat. <laughs> but, uh, the, the new, uh, the new Wildcat XX is pretty, uh, pretty wild. Man, I, so I last year bought me another razor and I looked hard at the X3s. And after talking to Paul Wolf, I wish I'd, I wish I'd probably put a little bit more thought into an X3. Um, but I looked hard at those, the new Textrons and I just couldn't. I couldn't buy something that I know parts would be limited for, you know, if I ever got myself in a bind. Um, but they've got some really neat technology in the axles, technology in the trailing arms. Um, it's a really good looking car too. Like I really Without like a it. Doubt. Um, I wish it was, like I said, I wish it was one of those things that was a little bit more popular and uh, I could count on the aftermarket world to be a little bit stronger. Um, and I would, I would be there every bit of it. But, uh, what did you guys do in the buggy other than the chassis? Uh, did you guys make any special special modifications as far as suspension, drivability, anything unique to that buggy other than the look? Um, we we did change up uh, the suspension geometry in the front a little bit um, to to help it steer a little better at high speeds. Uh, it hurt us a little bit in the woods. Um, you know, you lost a little little quickness of the steering, but you were able to keep the car stable at ninety mile an hour. <sighs> Um, you know, the one really, I guess what was really unique about that car is we built that car to spec, um, you know, not only to run rock bouncer stuff, but it specced 4,400 U4, yeah. um, and actually did run a 4,400 U4 race in Pennsylvania. Um, we also built the car to spec, uh, score. So we, we left it open to go run Baja stuff if we ever Man. had time to. Yeah. Now, now you said you ran a U4 in that, in that, how, how does that compare well, let um, me roll it back, actually. Are you going to run the Endurance Series in that in that Razor? No, we actually sold that Razor. Oh, really? Oh, what was the reason for that? To build a new buggy. Okay, gotcha. Um, you guys ran an Ultra 4 race in that Razor, and, you know, I would assume that your primary background has been in the rock bouncing world. Did you drive the Razor in the Ultra 4 race? No, actually, uh, Jeff Donda, the chassis builder, uh, okay. took it to Pennsylvania to run it. Okay, cool. Um, and I'm assuming, what was the, did it have okay success? Yeah, he, uh, he did really well. Um, picked off quite a few of the big cars um, and ultimately uh, had a front diff failure mm -hmm. in a big rock section. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a sharp-looking rig, and uh, whoever's got it now, good for you. You've got, you've got something really neat, and uh, I'll definitely say it does not compare to Money Shot, though. Uh, you've got yourself a really unique rig. You've got yourself uh, something with the, the power to be competitive, the suspension to be competitive. And I am personally super stoked to see more of that thing because, 
I, I tell this to almost everyone I, I interview. We're, we're just in a time where the machines are getting better, the drivers are getting better. Uh, the sport is really evolving into something where it, it's it's a whole new beast than it's ever been. And uh, as a fan, that's really exciting. And as, as a spectator, it's really exciting. And, uh, you know, I know for you drivers, y'all love to win. And uh, it's getting harder and harder for everybody to win. And it's getting harder for the top five to stay the top five. So um, that's always a good thing. Yes, like you said, man, it's a it's a tough game when you've got you know ten or twelve top five buggies. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and it just it I, th I think it it's just so good to see you know you'll have that one person who who hadn't been in the on the podium step into the podium for a race, and then you know you may not hear something from them till till a couple races down the road, and uh, that to me keeps it keeps it exciting and. Uh, it keeps it worth watching because if I come out and know that somebody's going to win every single race, you know, as a fan, kind of, kind of is a bummer and you see who's fighting for second and now it really is a, a toss up in the air to see who's going to come out that day and who's going to land on top. Yes. So I don't really have anything else for you. If you've got anything else you want to say, now's a good time to reach out to those sponsors uh, or any, anyone. Feel free, you know, whoever you want to shout out, whoever you want to reach out to. Uh, if you want to, Tell someone you're going to beat them this year in the season. You feel free to do so. Uh, anything you want to say, now's the time to say it. Yeah, we've, uh, we've got a huge support crew, man. Um, this year, uh, Brannick stepped on big time uh, with axles. and uh, Not only axle shafts, but axle housings, high steer arms, uh, all the unit bearing stuff. Man, they, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, they, they got me uh, some custom engraved link bars for the buggy. Um, Reject Fab. They knocked it out of the park on this chassis. I mean, it's it's everything I dreamed of, and then some. Uh, Perfection Driveline, man. I, I can't thank those guys enough. They uh, they found out, you know, we were moving and, and packing, and uh, you know, they handed me a set of keys to their shop and, and gave me a fully furnished machine shop to to finish the buggy in this year. That's amazing. Um, you know, they they've always they've been with me for three years, man, and they they've always done things quicker than I could ever dream, better than I could ever dream. Um, you know, they've worked with me to develop some new systems on the drive lines, not only on the buggy, but on the razor side of things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Thomas, man, he's, he's been incredible. Uh, I, just a, a small example, uh, Thomas and his, uh, fiance, uh, had a baby premature. Uh, he finally came home after about four months in the hospital yeah. on Sunday. Um, Man, Thomas is so dedicated to our program. He was he was at my house putting a ring and pinion in the buggy tonight before I got home from work. That's um, amazing. You know, man. So that says a lot for the man. Yeah. Uh, like I said, these guys have, have been with us for three years and, and have just always been great. Uh, PRC Off Road they they've hooked us up with cooling systems for the past three years uh, on all three cars. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those deals I, I kind of forget forget about them because I just never tear their stuff up. It so well um so you know they're they're kind of in the shadows there when they shouldn't be um extreme coatings they they uh did a custom bedliner coating on my entire chassis um as, as you've seen it's a, a kind of a gunmetal gray color but it, it's textured as well looks awesome that's cool to know that it's textured um we, we talked about them a little bit earlier but uh steve over at rpm performance tuning man he he spent countless late nights i mean he, he would literally get off work work on my buggy until it was time to go to work again. Um, so man, he, he just, he deserves all the praise in the world. Um, but yeah, 
yeah, man, my, you know, huge support crew there. Um, you know, I've got a lot of friends and family that, that really help out. My, my wife is incredibly understanding with not only the finances, but just the time I dump into this. Um, you know, as we talk, she's, she's out there cleaning up the race trailer and, and getting all the clothes packed and, and meals prepped for the, the race this weekend. Um, so, you know, we, like I said, we got a huge support crew, man, and it, it's great. You know, we, we couldn't do it without everybody. Well, uh, I know everyone will be really happy to hear that, and uh, you know it's good to, it's good to hear that you have a, a full team of support in the family and the friends section too. Um, but Tim, it's been it's been great to have you on. Uh, I'm so excited again, so excited to see what you got going on this season. Um, I've, I've got a big fan. I'm a big fan of you already, and uh, I'm looking forward to see what the buggy can get done. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you. Uh, you know. I think you said top 10. I hope to see you on the podium this weekend. I hope you have best success. And uh, after that, we'll, if you'll hang on a second after we close this out, we'll talk a little bit more. And uh, if that's all for, for you, man, that's all for me. And uh, I'm ready to wrap this thing up. All right, man. That sounds great. All right. Well, man, Tim, I just want to say thanks again. And uh, for hey, everybody thank listening, you. Uh, thank you guys. Hey, where can they find you? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff? Uh, get- yeah, we're uh, Facebook, Timmy Chuck Racing, uh, Instagram the same. Uh, I'm, I'm a little slow on the Instagram. I need to I need to step up my game there. Um, should have a website rolling by the end of the year. Um, uh, check us out at Pinup Baggers too, man. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff going on there. Okay, well, cool, man. Uh, that sounds good for me. And uh, with that, we'll let you go.